Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on Power Electronics technologies and products featured on PowerElectronicsNews.com and through other as Pencor Media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges, and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial, and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of PowerUp. In this podcast, we will talk about hydrogen. Is the hydrogen the next step for energy? One problem to be solved for the future of humanity is related to energy, global warming, and the depletion of fossil fuels. Decarbonization is a global issue and is important to contribute to environmental protection with clean energy sources. Hydrogen produces energy through a chemical reaction involving oxygen, and the only byproduct of the process is water. Renewable hydrogen is clean and highly efficient and is an energy source with zero impact on the environment. Hydrogen is one of the elements that for sure will contribute to the zero emissions target. The development of increasingly high-performance technologies and the increase in available renewable sources could reduce the cost of green hydrogen and make it more applicable. Today we will talk about hydrogen technology with Susan Walden and Patrick Lefra. Susan has training in marketing, sales, environment and entrepreneurship. She has been in politics as party group leader and regional commissioner in regional development in Sweden. Now she works as business manager in Marestad municipality with special responsibility for Electric Village. Patrick is an experienced senior marketer and a grid qualified engineer with a 35 years track record of success in power electronics. At the latest Applied Power Electronics Conference, APEC, he presented a very interesting paper. The European Hydrogen Initiative, Can Blue Power Be Green? and moreover contributed to an article in our latest uh, ebook. For Patrick, hydrogen is not a dream anymore, but a reality. Let's start the podcast. Let me introduce uh, Patrick and Susan and uh, know more about hydrogen technology. Hello everyone. Hi Susan. Hi Patrick. Thanks a lot for coming here. Thanks for the opportunity to have you in this uh, podcast. How are you? I'm fine, Mauricio. Thank you for inviting us today. Um, thanks, Mauricio. Doing good. Uh, nice weather in Stockholm. Um, we are uh, targeting plus 30. It's, it will be hot as hydrogen. <laughs> yes, good. So in this uh, episode, I would like to, to talk with you about uh, a, big, a, a big topic. So hydrogen, hydrogen technologies. Uh, is the hydrogen the next step for energy? So we will try to answer to this uh, this question. But before starting, uh, I would like to ask you uh, to introduce yourself and uh, your job, Susan, and then uh, Patrick. Okay, my name is Susanne Wallner, and I work at the municipality of Mariestad with the concept called Electric Village. And in Electric Village, we are like a test and demonstration platform. And I work there as a business manager, try to do those tests and projects in reality. 
Uh, and I've been earlier working with marketing and uh, I've also been a political regional commission in the north of Sweden. So I have both uh, a political and uh, official background, so to say. Great. Patrick? Yeah, my name is uh, Patrick Lefebvre. I'm a French based in Sweden. I've uh, been working in the power electronic industry since 1982. Um, a part of the, my job is not only to develop uh, efficient power solutions, but also to do research on uh, new technology. Been involved in uh, digital power when I was at Ericsson, Y-Bond Gap at Powerbox. And then hydrogen has always been an interesting topic that I have followed since uh, more than 25 years. Great. Okay, let's start. So uh, the topic is hydrogen. Uh, in the future, we are going to see, we will see a transition from uh, a fossil-based energy system towards renewable energies, such as, uh, as you know, solar and wind. We talked in, uh, in Power Up in, uh, in other podcasts about uh, solar and, and wind. Thereby, the intrinsic storage capacity of uh, fossil fuels will be lost and, as you know, has to, to be replaced by a new energy carrier. Uh, there are different means of uh, electricity storage. Here in hydrogen from uh, water electrolysis is very promising, especially for, uh, for long-term storage applications. My first question uh, for you all, Susan, and then Patrick will be, which are, in your opinion, the future applications of hydrogen in everyday life? Susan. Yeah, I think hydrogen will be in our everyday life, like like as a normal <laughs> normal thing. Uh, and hydrogen has been used in the industry for many many years, so it's not so uncommon. But for people in energy system, it's been uncommon. So it's a bit uncomfortable in the beginning because you don't really know what it is and how it works. So in my work, I have a lot to do to explain the system and its possibilities also with uh, like a circular economy and so on. Good. Yes, as you, as you said, um, uh, Suzanne, I mean, the hydrogen has been used by the industry and the industry and the agriculture uh, are the, the main consumer for, uh, for hydrogen. And it has been for many, many years. Um, very, very few people know that uh, hydrogen is used uh, for uh, fertilizer that uh, that is used by farming, and then to develop fertilizer, you need hydrogen or use hydrogen in, in a very high extent. Um, we um, uh, we see that hydrogen for public today is 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 seen as electrolyzer because this is what we learn when we are at school. I mean. Uh, we all remember the physics when uh, the professor shows how to split uh, hydrogen and, and, uh, and oxygen using an electrolyzer. Uh, and then that's for sure that in the public uh, opinion or thinking, hydrogen is very highly explosive, but in fact, it's not more explosive than other, other gas. And this is something that we would like to try to convince people and understand how it works. Nice. So. Patrick, just uh, just for you, just to say on you, hydrogen is uh, a huge uh, opportunity in our path to zero emission transport. So pure water released instead a CO2 is uh, like a dream coming true. What are the other advantages of this uh, technology? Uh, the, the the advantages is that we we 
we shouldn't say unlimited resource because there is no unlimited resource on Earth. Uh, but knowing that uh, uh, you can uh, split uh, from waters the uh, hydrogen and oxygen, uh, there is a huge amount of resource. That for sure, it's not for free. Uh, it comes from electricity because you need electricity uh, somewhere to produce that hydrogen. Uh, and it's, um, uh, it's, it's very interesting in the sense that for us, power electronic engineer, to consider how can we use hydrogen for energy storage. At this point of time, uh, converting uh, electricity or water to hydrogen and hydrogen to electricity is not very efficient. Uh, however, this is an area where there is a lot of research uh, because when we start to talk about hydrogen integration in a grid, for example, uh, to combine electric um, renewable energy with uh, usable energy, then we, we need to consider energy storage. And battery might not be the only way to store energy. We see that hydrogen can be used as an energy storage in the future. So, uh, Susan, uh, the, the, the hydrogen cost production process and uh, distribution chain will be the basics of uh, hydrogen economy growth. Uh, can you tell me what is the current status? What uh, changes need to occur in the industry to make hydrogen more viable as a fuel? Yeah, I think you have to go against the green hydrogen, so it's fossil free. And also you have to build a system thinking. You can't only think about the hydrogen. For example, with electrolysis, you also get oxygen, and then you could need you could use like all of the business model in the circular system. And we also look at the system thinking. Like now, for example, we are looking to have our beautiful railway by by Kulle in in the, our region going from diesel to hydrogen, and then we look at. Um, combi tank station, not only for hydrogen with, uh, with trains. We are looking for every kind of like heavy duty trucks and, and so on. So you could use more of the system for all of the infrastructure because then you get the benefits of, of not of saving CO2, for example. So you have to think in a bigger system thinking for the society so you get more benefits out of the systems. Uh, and yeah. that's also connected to the global goals and again, the 2030 thinking. So that's what we are trying to do. <laughs> yeah, so you, you mentioned during the introduction uh, your project, Electric Village Maristad. So can you, uh, can you talk more about uh, this uh, Electric Village Maristad? How did you start this uh, sustainable industrial renewable in Electric Village Maristad? And uh, so what projects do you, do you see as important on a global level for, for the future? Yeah, uh, that's a very nice question, Maurizio, because uh, in Mariestad, in the in the about uh, six years ago in uh, 2015 the municipality political leaders sat down with the business community and talked about how could we save jobs and be more sustainable and still earn money for real 
and and not think that's a bad thing. It's a good thing if you do it green, so to say. And you could follow and and reach the Paris Agreement and other other important matters about this for the future of our children, and also to to get more jobs to our municipality in Mariestad. And then they found out this with hydrogen, and there were some strong souls there believing in hydrogen. For example, our major, Johan Abrahamsson, he was a strong believer about this. So they bought the hydrogen station that was left over (laughs) of someone else in the project. I think it was going to Iceland or something. And then it took off, and then we built the first world's the world's first solar cell-driven refueling hydrogen tank station uh, for cars. And we also have bought some cars to the municipality. Today we have 11 cars going in the home care and and other places. And we also have a political decision to buy more cars or or lease them if it's possible. So our political leaders in, in, in the municipality and the, the business community, so they also lost some jobs, as I mentioned. But we can see now that we have new jobs in this field, so that's quite good. And then when we saw that, okay, this is going to make us give, give new jobs in the green sector, we could do other things also. So under the concept of Electric Village, we tried to be open-minded when when business come to Maria Stad and ask, could you test our product maybe or a startup? It's not so easy, you know. And we say, okay. And something we have also taken uh, care of is the care of it's okay to do something wrong. <laughs> it's not dangerous. You have to do things wrong because if you don't do things wrong, you don't know what's right. <laughs> and sometimes it's yeah. uh, the it's sometimes our test doesn't go so well. Like we have some cars, electric cars that didn't work because the firm was uh, going bad, so they quit. But then we took them some other way and we fixed them and we tried to have them in our concept. So we try different ways, but then we also have done a lot with hydrogen because we see that our uh, refueling station works very well with the solar cell panels and it's a fantastic system. So now we have built the preschool, we are building it, we have not built it finished, it will be finished in one year now. We started last October and it's the same kind of system solution with solar cell panels on the roof and the hydrogen uh, electrolyzer and um, fuel cell and so on. And we're also looking at canalizing hydrogen from our refueling station to the industry. It's a new project. We're not going by pipelines. We're trying to canalize it in the ground. So it's a new business model that we work with a consult firm in Sweden called Sveco. So we are looking at that business model right now. And another thing that we do, as I mentioned, is that I had this application to fuel cell hydrogen for regions in Europe and they granted it. So we have for one year's worked with a German company called Stillet to look at how could we transform the diesel trains to hydrogen on the Kinekule railway. And then we did that and now we have worked for one year and we could see that we have a good solution and we have that in a 
innovative thinking of doing competence stations that I mentioned before. So we are five municipalities along the railway right now and all the political leaders like this. So we try to move on and the, the project was finished now two weeks ago, like a pre-study project for this year. We have done it for one year and then we now are waiting for a political decision to move forward. But we have everything ready. So I'm, I'm very uh, curious about uh, going on with this because it's, so, it's such a good project. And we have also done some calculation with professor from the University of Linköping. Uh, and the name are Ponte Serin and Jakob Breme. And they work with business models and energy system and are doing research. And they did some counting for me because, you know, it's so important for us to show now when the taxonomy is coming that we could reach, reach also the green the green goals for Agenda 2030. So we did some counting on how much CO2 you could save if about 25% of the of the heavy duty cars could go by hydrogen instead. And it's a lot of uh, good savings there. So that's also something for our when you work as an officer like me, you have to show the political leaders what is good with this. And you could really show this with this kind of system. So that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, show them all advantage with this system. And yeah. you also asked me about the future project. Yeah. You did. And what I see for the future. And there is one thing I really are interested in by myself, and that's the thing with the business model and the circular business models. And one thing you could do today is go for the food, because the food sector is one of the most, uh, what do you say, um, it's very important for all the world. And it's a um, very good opportunity here to make like farmers go buy hydrogen tractors and have solar cells on their barn roofs. And then they could take the oxygen to a land-based fish farm. Because then if there are a crisis, this business will still go on. <laughs> you are not unconnected. You are still going strong and you could save a lot of people with that kind of system that maybe are in the in, in poor poorer countries also. So this is a good thing for the society. And I hope I will see more and bigger kind of problems projects in that field for the future. So that's what I would like to send out so someone would like to do that. I would think that would be really great. Nice. This is very, very nice. So Patrick, apart from the, the fuel cells, uh, there is there still seem to be many open questions on the issue of uh, hydrogen. So I can say where does green technology come from? How it is distributed and traded? So does the infrastructure need to come first and then the products? What, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely, Maurizio. Um, very, very often that we we read, in, uh, we can read in the press different articles about uh, hydrogen not um, to be so green. Um, it is for sure that today the hydrogen production, which is about 85 around 85, 88 million tons worldwide, 
uh, comes from uh, not from electrolyzer. The worldwide elect uh, hydrogen coming from electrolyzer is only four percent, uh, and then we. Uh, we, as we wrote in the article, the, uh, the hydrogen has been colored like uh, brown hydrogen, gray hydrogen, um, blue hydrogen, and green. And today, the vast majority of the hydrogen come from the gas, from the methane, uh, through a technology called uh, steam reforming. Uh, it's, um, it's a relatively complex process, but to make it simple, is that you, you use a high temperature and pressure steams uh, to split the hydrogen uh, from the methane. And uh, this technique uh, today is still not using uh, carbon captures in high extent and generate about 850 million tons of CO2, uh, which is equivalent to uh, uh, the Great Britain plus the Indonesia. Uh, what is happening now is that more and more companies, oil companies and gas companies that are producing hydrogen, they're moving to uh, carbon capture. And this is what we, we call the blue hydrogen. Um, it's not as dirty, even there is still 10, 15 percent CO2 that is released. And this is a kind of transition between dirty hydrogen and clean hydrogen. Um, as well, the electrolyzer, as I mentioned, is only 4% today. And then the goal to meet uh, the, um, the European ambition by 2030 and 2050, especially 2050 Europe, to become like uh, completely independent uh, for, you know, in terms of source of energy. Uh, that means a lot of investment and development uh, in, uh, in the green hydrogen. Uh, this, is, this is what, uh, what we see now in, uh, in Europe, US. And then the production, knowing that we, we will not be able to meet the goal in terms of capacity by only electrolyzer, uh, there is a big project that is, that is called Hydrogen Valley that has been first developed in Europe, Netherlands, Germany. Uh, and, and then uh, recently it has been an agreement signed between Europe and more than 35 countries to, uh, to develop a strategy for Hydrogen Valley. The Hydrogen Valley is something interesting. It's a, it's a huge project. The one, for example, like in the uh, Netherlands, uh, involves uh, the gas oil and gas company Shell, uh, the local uh, gas uh, where they will combine uh, both uh, blue hydrogen and green hydrogen with uh, storage. It could be in tank, but it could be also in something we call cavern underground. Uh, distribution via pipeline, uh, and it's a huge ecosystem that is now starting to take place uh, in Europe and in the rest of the world. Uh, there is for sure, uh, Maurizio, if you would like to have uh, hydrogen for uh, transportation, trucks, train at a European level, then you need a huge infrastructure to produce the hydrogen, store the hydrogen, distribute the hydrogen. And this is uh, what is called the Hydrogen Valley Project. Thank you, Patrick. So, Susan, do you see hydrogen as a, a sensible alternative to battery-powered electric cars? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you can say like this, the hydrogen car is also electric car <laughs> in the, the ground. So to say, it, it's, a, it's a bit smaller yeah. electric battery in it. And then you have the fuel cell instead. But I see it like this. Or, or when I talk to like the big car dealers and so on, they say they can't afford the minerals in the batteries. Uh, 
because it's no one that wants to do that on the home yard, so to say. It's always someone else that should do this, digging for the minerals, and that's not connected to the global goals. And it's sometimes very bad that children work in the mines and everything. So it's not connected that we want to do good for the world. So I think we have to change. And also when it's so expensive, the car dealers want to move against the fuel cells instead. And then we also have a lot to do with the fuel cells because we have some, some things there also we have to think about. But you can't do everything at the same time. So I think you have to have the electric cars for a while, and then you have to transform to hydrogen. So it's always a step further. You have to take it in small steps. But now we are we are at the step where we have to move, not in small steps anymore with hydrogen, because we have to reach the global goals if we want to change uh, with the climate and everything. So we have to have like circular models in this now. And as you know, in, in the, the hydrogen cars, you only came, it comes out water. <laughs> So it's clean, pure water. So why don't we do it? Because mm. it's not um, bad for us. It's very good. So yeah. that's what I think about it. Yeah. Great. So, Patrick, from EV to aviation. In aviation, engine weight plays an even greater role. So how do you assess the potential of uh, hydrogen propulsion on the way to CO2 neutral, neutral flying? Um, this is a very good question, uh, Maurizio. Uh, hydrogen in uh, aeronautics has been uh, upon question for many, many years. Um, recently, a lot of um, new technology have um, made possible to uh, bring hydrogen into a plane. There is a very big project uh, in Europe. It's called um, uh, Clean Sky 2 and Fuel Cells uh, Hydrogen. Uh, where the purpose is to develop uh, technology uh, that is suitable for airplane. Uh, there is a European company, Airbus, that has a very large project called Zero E, or Zero Emission, that is aiming to develop airplane uh, that use hydrogen, either with uh, fuel cells or directly hydrogen into the propeller uh, by 2035. 2035 seems to be quite far away, but it's, uh, it's almost tomorrow. There is a lot of challenges how to store hydrogen because it needs to be uh, compressed at a very low temperature, minus 255. And uh, the tank to, uh, to store hydrogen in such uh, low temperature and pressure uh, are pretty big. Um, there is a lot of challenges, but uh, the uh, um, project at Airbus is, is moving forward and uh, there's a lot of publications. And definitely hydrogen will be the future of aeronautics. This is a great, great uh, podcast with great speakers. This is an important topic uh, for the future. Hydrogen will be for sure another important way for the decarbonization. So in conclusion, in industry, any transformation depends on uh, climate uh, legislation. The more expensive it becomes to emit uh, CO2, the faster the steel industry or the hydrogen-hungry chemical industry, for example, will need uh, a substitute for coal, oil and, uh, and gas. So where we will see hydrogen technology being used next and uh, which are the main uh, uh, current programs in uh, Europe, but only in USA? 
Uh, I think in Europe, where we ha we have this decision also uh, from Europe to to be the leader of hydrogen. So I think we will see a lot of interesting projects here in Europe. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Mauricio. I mean, uh, in Europe, there is a number of um, uh, associations that are working on hydrogens and project. Uh, there is a, a project as part of the um, um, Hydrogen 2020 that was uh, started 10 years ago. Uh, um, I would say a week ago uh, in Germany at uh, Wesseling uh, has been uh, started uh, the first every Every announcement is the biggest uh, electrolyzer, which is um, uh, 10 megawatts, and uh, the idea is to expand to 100 megawatts. This is one example of a project called Refine, R-E-F-H-Y-N-E, uh, which, uh, which is part of the uh, European plan to um, uh, expand uh, electrolyzer in, um, in a very for large capacity. And this one is placed in a shell again, uh, where the, the 30 percent of the hydrogen produced uh, or delivered to Germany uh, today comes from uh, from this refinery, uh, and then the intention is to move to green hydrogen. Another sector where there is a lot of research is agriculture, since fertilizer is using a lot of hydrogen. The uh, green um, uh, hydrogen is, uh, is a is is a big uh, priority that uh, reduces the CO2 emission when producing uh, hydrogen for, uh, for um, the uh, farming industry. Uh, there are many, many projects. Uh, Europe today, uh, the, um, the fuel cells um, uh, organizations uh, send already uh, more than 1,000 projects uh, to the Commission, the European Commission. 950 has been approved, which, uh, which shows that a lot of things is, is happening now in Europe. Uh, last but not least, the U.S. recently, under Joe Biden influence, they jump into the wagon, and then the uh, Department of Energy announced that uh, they will invest um, a significant amount of money in hydrogen. I see it's very promising. Wonderful. So thanks a lot, Patrick. Thanks a lot, uh, Susan. It's been a pleasure to have you in this uh, podcast. Thank you. Thanks again, Patrick and Susan. So. Hydrogen will be another important way for the decarbonization. The hydrogen has been used by the industry and agriculture. And it's very interesting for power electronics to consider how we can use hydrogen for energy storage. At this point of time, there is a lot of research for green hydrogen. Mersa Deletri Village is a very nice project. Susan told us that they built the world's first solar cell-driven refueling hydrogen tank station and it's very good opportunity to make like farmers go by hydrogen tractors. The hydrogen car is also electric car. Susan told us that you had to have the electric cars for a while, then you have to transform to hydrogen. Electric airplane or hydrogen airplane is not a dream anymore as Patrick told us. One company Airbus is working on a very interesting project called Zero E. So, hydrogen is very promising. Thank you everyone. See you next episode. Stay tuned.